I know Carl Anthony Towns is going to be busy for the next six months or so, but I'm sure once he gets the offseason, he's going to he's going to invest in his life's work, which is NBA nutrition, John. NBA <laughs> nutrition. No greater expert than Carl, Carl Anthony Towns. We're, I'm sitting there. We're sitting there talking to Carl after that horrific loss on Monday night. And he's chiding Anthony Edwards about eating Popeyes and having trouble on the second night of back-to-backs. And, hey, I need to talk about nutrition. And then we get to the end of the press conference. He says, now I'm going to go home and drink whiskey. That (laughs) is the lesson for the youth of America. No Popeyes, but McAllen at 11 o'clock at night on a weeknight, that's your NBA nutrition. That's exactly right. And trust me, after that game last night, Jim, I wanted whiskey. (laughs) I wanted a lot of it. So I cannot blame Carl for wanting to go down that road. Uh, whiskey IV for all Timberwolves fans, <laughs> mandatory. Uh, hey, the Wolves are off to a two and two start. John, if you told me before the season they're going to start two and two, I would have thought, okay, that might make sense. You know, maybe they had trouble uh, with late game offense, getting used to each other. Maybe they had some defensive miscues. Maybe maybe they lost a couple of close ones uh, that are just understandable under the circumstances. I did not think. By the second quarter of the fourth game of this promising season, we were going to have fans booing, and after the game, we're going to have the coach ripping the team's effort. This is a this is it's not it's not it's not the greatest crisis we've ever seen in Timberwolves history, but to me, it is a little troubling. Yeah, I, I think a little troubling is a great way to put it, Jim, because um, I you know I absolutely expected them to have issues and struggles with the continuity of it, with their cohesion, with kind of just their execution overall of the schemes that were being asked them because this is all new. And uh, in historically, when teams bring in star players and, and have kind of really big changes to the fundamental structures of their rosters, as the Wolves have uh, this season, um, they they go through some things. They it takes a little while. I I you know I've, I said before the season started. Sometimes it takes fifteen or twenty games to get themselves together. I'll I'll remind fans that just last year that they were four and nine and they were looking terrible on some nights. And you were just saying, here we go again. And they were able to right the ship and and get going in the right direction. The troubling thing, I think, for me in watching this team is less about the execution of it, less about kind of the fluidity of the offense, the, uh, the, the, the discipline of their defense and those things, and more about the energy, the effort, the kind of intangible things that should not be negotiable. Uh, you are seeing them play against teams like the Spurs and the Jazz who have far less talent than they do, but they just play a lot harder. And that, to me, is an indictment so far of what we have seen from this group's intestinal fortitude. And and so um, there's a, a million days left in this season. They have plenty of time to figure things out and get things going in the right direction. But right now, the most alarming thing, which is what Chris Finch was getting at in his post-game press conference, is that they are a timid team. And for a team that is as big as they are 
They should not be playing timid. And and that's got to be the thing that changes above anything else um, on this roster to get them going in the right direction. He's John Krasinski. This is the John Krasinski Show. This is part of TalkNorth.com. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. We recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. You can always go to TalkNorth.com and check out the shows, the archives of the shows. John's also on the Viking Update Show. Uh, we have the Cheryl Reeves Show. If you love basketball, Rebecca Brunson, Andre Yak, a couple of our recent uh, fill-in hosts. As Cheryl takes a little bit of a break from her crazy schedule. Thanks for listening to, sh- to the show. Thanks for listening to the network. We do appreciate it. You can also follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod. See all the shows as they are released. Thanks to our sponsors, TSR Injury Law, Manscaped, all Energy Solar and Head Flyer Brewing. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making all this possible. Yeah, effort effort should not be the problem, especially when a team acknowledged, you know, these players acknowledged that they have, that the bar was raised in terms of expectations. They knew that they were going to be under scrutiny. They knew that they know they're playing for something potentially big. They know they're fighting for playoff spots, maybe home, uh, home, court advantage, first-round playoffs. There are big goals on the table. When you trade for Rudy Gobert and add him to a playoff team, they know what's at stake. And to see them not get back on defense, you know, you know, I'm sure we both wrote about a lot of the same things. Uh, you know, There are some mistakes that are just fundamental, that are rudimentary, and there's some things that should be expected under any circumstances, and just basic effort should be expected. That's right. I mean uh... – they should be at the very minimum, Jim, they they should be flexing muscle in the half court. I mean, mm-hmm. they are a little slower footed. And so I do think that getting back in transition is going to be a challenge for them for much of the year. And what we heard Anthony Edwards say after the after the game was basically it's on him and D'Angelo Russell and Jaden McDaniels to really get back first because it's going to take a little bit of extra time for Towns and Gobert to get back there. And and so I do think that that part could be just more uh, of the natural adjustments that need to be made and of, of acclimating to this new roster um, and figuring things out that way. Uh, so that part of it you figure is can be those are wrinkles that can be ironed out as the season goes along there there those are adjustments that can be made but to see them you know they they again last night it was yeah the rebounds were 50 to 50 with the spurs like that that can't happen i mean jeremy sohan was given up six seven inches of of height and he was getting uh rebounds in front of rudy gobert um you know th- they're just they're they're not getting the effort plays and they're not being able to use all of this size to their advantage yet they should be they should be physical they should be all over the place in the half court there shouldn't be much room for the opposing team to breathe at all and instead what we're seeing is it takes one pass two passes and then on the by the third pass at minimum they have a wide open jump shot. They have an easy layup and there's just, they have not been able to cover the court and they are not using their size to their advantage at all. And it feels more like that is a product of some sort of uh, lack of aggression, lack of physicality. And that can't be the case for this team because that is what they have to lean on more than anything else right now. No doubt about it. Uh D'Angelo Russell is 
a fascinating figure, especially in the context of this team. He comes in to be kind of the co-star with Towns. Uh, now he might be, you know, the fourth or fifth most effective starter. Uh, Jalen Noel's playing great. You know, McLaughlin tends to play really well, and he comes in. I- I'm trying to figure out exactly what. Russell is to this team and what he should be this team. And is it unfair to expect him as a veteran point guard to grab this team by the lapels and shake a little bit? Or is that just not who he is or what he should be doing? Yeah, well, I would say that he has one of the toughest jobs on the team because he's got to be the one that organizes the offense that gets people shots, but also gets himself in a rhythm and figures out when it's time to dictate the action with individual play. And when it's time to, to get everyone else involved, it's a challenging job for all of the mouths that he has to feed on that uh, offense in, in, in kind of his his own mouth, uh, notwithstanding. So um, that it's difficult, but uh, they do need more from him that way. And I, I do know that, D'Angelo Russell does not have the personality to grab people and shake them and say, you know, Hey, wake up like this is let's go like, and, and rally the troops that way. That's not him. Actually. I think one of his strengths as a player on this team has been that he stays even keeled, that he is not one that panics. Uh, Carl Anthony towns does panic in some situations. I think Anthony Edwards, sort of gets frustrated and maybe sulks in the corner sometimes. Whereas I think D'Angelo is, is much more uh, a level headed in that regard. And that can be a strength, but he also does have a history of sort of riding a roller coaster when he is going well, when he's, when he's shooting well, when he is in the groove, he's a really good player and he affects the team in a very positive way when like last night he's getting beaten by Trey Jones for much of the game and he's not getting back on defense and he's slow to close out and he can't get the ball moving the way that he and Chris Finch want it to. Then he regresses and it becomes a a situation where uh, the, the, t- the team isn't getting any kind of uh, jolt or juice from their point guard which is kind of what they really need in that spot. And so his inconsistency from a from an energy effort standpoint is one of the maddening things about D'Angelo Russell. And it's one of the reasons that the Wolves have not kind of gotten any sort of uh, uh, contract extensions done with him because they're just s- still waiting to see exactly what kind of player that they have. And there have been good moments here early in the season with D'Angelo Russell yesterday. I mean, I, he got rolling in the fourth quarter and, and kind of helped them chip that lead away, but it was already garbage time and the Spurs had really kind of relaxed. So I'm not putting any stock in that, but for the first three quarters, D'Angelo Russell was not the orchestrator that they need him to be. And he certainly is not the, the rah-rah speech guy or the light of fire guy. He's just not that way. And so they've got to find it from somewhere else. And, Anthony Edwards told us that that has to come from him, and he just did not give that to them last night. The thing about Russell, uh, he is an excellent passer. Uh, he yes. can thread the needle. He can throw the the intuitive pass. He can throw to – it's like the NFL saying throw somebody open. He can throw somebody open. I guess I, I would like to see more of that because they have other people who can shoot the ball. 
Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. I think that right now that starting group has plays selfishly. And Anthony Edwards said this. Chris Finch has kind of implied it with some of his comments. And you you can see that they are all they are five really good players who all believe that they can end a run by themselves. Like they can get a bucket. They can kind of do things um, to, to, to stop the bleeding. And instead of playing together, uh, they, they kind of are playing very individually. That part, Jim is kind of, uh, is what I expected. I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about sort of that selfishness right now, just because, I think that it's just bred from unfamiliarity and uncertainty and that can be addressed over time and, and that can be smoothed out, but it is also um, something that does have to be addressed and getting D'Angelo Russell moving the ball uh, better would, would go a long way toward that. I do think that's why you see Jordan McLaughlin being effective uh, in these games uh, so far is that he pushes the pace he moves the ball. He knows that he is sort of the fifth option from a shot making standpoint, and he is okay with that. And and the the best that the Timberwolves have looked so far in these first four games is when they've gone with Anthony Edwards, Jordan McLaughlin, Jalen Noel, Nas Reed, Torian Prince. And mm -hmm. they've just kind of spread the floor. They've moved the ball. They've shared the ball. They've attacked the rim. They've hit some open threes, all of those things. And now what we asked Chris French about that after the, the, the win in Oklahoma city on Sunday. And he, he said, you know, look, we, they're just, they've played together the longest. They know each other very well. That starting group does not know each other very well yet. And, and is playing an entirely different style. So again, all of that is to be expected, but it doesn't make it any less difficult to watch while you're seeing it unfold in front of your eyes and they can't get good shots and they can't get Anthony Edwards involved and Carl Anthony Towns has turned the ball over and being, you know, kind of out muscled by Trey Jones in the post. And, um, and so there's just a lot of that with this first unit that a lot of it is going to take time for them to just get familiarity and, and, and figure things out that way. But some of it is just, they need some inherent kind of, dog in them they need to bite a little bit and um right now they're just kind of they're just they're being a timid little puppy and and they're not meeting force with force let's talk about greg popovich trey jones what's going on around the league jalen noel some other things uh some other timberwolves issues want to let you know that if you were ever injured your first call is 612 tsr time steve terry was courtside on monday night at the uh wolves game Great guy, uh, runs a great business. They will help you if you need that kind of help. 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME. Uh, they will not charge you unless they win your case, and they win lots of cases. That's why their business has done so well, because they help people. 612-TSR-TIME. Now, uh, John, tell us about Headflyer. Yeah, Headflyer Brewing, Northeast Minneapolis, uh, right on Hennepin Avenue, right off of the 35W exit. Uh, great place to go and watch Timberwolves games. Uh, they want to be a destination for Timberwolves fans. They have a huge big screen TV on one wall. They have added actually after their the the success they had with playoff crowds last spring. They added some additional TVs over the bar uh, so you can go and watch. Uh, they have beer specials 
uh, on, on for Timberwolves game nights. If you're wearing Timberwolves merchandise, they have great shirts to sell. And most importantly, they have just really great beer. Um, my, my wife and I have been going there for years. We've had live shows there. They've been uh, in, incredibly successful. So stop in and see Neil Miller uh, and, and the rest of the people at Head Flyer Brewing. Tell them the John Krasinski show sent you. Enjoy a nice beer or two while you're watching the Timberwolves try to figure things out. And, uh, and and just sit in a great tap room, have a, have a great drink with some friends, and they have food trucks on the weekend as well. Head Flyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis. The Inflation Reduction Act has raised the federal solar investment tax credit from 26 to 30%. That is, uh, was not expected. That's great news. It's a fantastic opportunity for residents and businesses to invest in solar. The rebate includes solar power with battery backup. There may be additional solar incentives depending on the location of the property. Solar power with battery backup can keep your lights on and heat running when the summer or winter storm hits. Solar and electric vehicle are the perfect pair. Kick fossil fuels to the curb at home and on the road by using solar to power your EV at home or provide them as a service to your business employees and customers. Now's a great time to secure your spot for next year's installation. You might want to act soon. According to some studies, one in four homeowners want to invest in solar within the next five years, but the grid is limited capacity. Grab your opportunity while you can. Go to allenergysolar.com, allenergysolar.com. And now the world-famous John Krasinski Manscaped Advertisement. Michael Myers sure is scary, but the last thing you need is to be hairy this Halloween. Luckily, our friends at Manscaped launched their fourth-generation performance package to make sure your pumpkins get the ultimate carving experience on this spooky day. Turn your bite-sized treat into a king-sized candy and join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code ATHLETIC. Have you ever tried to trim your balls and it turned into a Freddy Krueger film? Well, luckily, Manscaped is here to save the day and make sure you're feeling you, your best in your costume. Unlock your confidence with the Performance Package 4.0. Inside, you'll find the holy grail of men's grooming items. They've made it easy for you to upgrade your grooming routine. It's a full moon out, and the werewolf in your pants is howling. It's time to tackle that problem with the Lawnmower 4.0. Their finely tuned pube products feature a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is easily the greatest ball trimmer on the planet. And oh, did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? This trimmer is a shower essential. Seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will make sure your pumpkins stay fresh. Trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code athletic at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code athletic at manscaped.com. All right, let's 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 talk about a positive. Uh, you know, it didn't really matter a lot last night, but Jalen Noel has played, you know, after a really good po- preseason, uh, he's played really well this season. He has, Jim. And, and one thing that really impressed me last night was um, – while the rest of the team seemed to be a little shell-shocked by the way that the Spurs took it to them, uh, Jalen Noel was the one player out there who was really aggressive and just trying to attack. Now, he was 6 for 16, 13 points on 16 shots isn't efficient at all. He was 1 for 7 from 3, but at least he had no back down in him. Like, he's being aggressive out there. He had 9 rebounds. He had a couple of assists. Chris Finch talked before the game about how he is playing better defense in general than he has been. I don't know that last night was a great night for him that way, but it wasn't a great night for anyone. 
But the way that he comes off the bench and just is instant energy, instant offense, attacking, getting buckets, he is a guy who feels like he knows his identity and how to be effective. I think that there are a lot of players on this team, uh, especially in that first unit, that are still really trying to figure out how they fit in, what works best, all of these things. Jalen Noel says, I'm just going to get out there and I'm going to score. And so I really do like the way that he is playing with aggression. Um, I think the three-point shot will start to fall and 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 that will help things as well. But uh, But that has been a very good element of the early season. Anthony Edwards was telling us, uh, the other night that he really likes playing with Jalen Noel, just the way that the two complement each other, they work off of each other, they trust each other um, to to move the ball and do those things. So that's definitely a positive sign early uh, that that they have something to hang their hat on with that second unit at least. Yeah, I don't know what the final numbers ended up being because the fourth quarter was a little bit of uh, makeup on that pig, but I kept on looking at the live box score and it was like Noel was the only guy with a positive plus minus. I mean, yeah. And and, yeah. And so last night he was a plus eight um, and which was by far the best. Everyone in the starting lineup was minus. um, uh, And then McLaughlin was a plus three. He was, uh, he was a minus for most of the game, but then that flipped in the fourth quarter and it was 35 to 12 for the wolves and uh, Forbes and Knight who both played sparingly were positive, but yeah, Noel was the only one who was playing significant minutes and playing them early in the game when they were getting run off the floor when he was a positive. So yes, uh, I, I think you read that right. Your instincts were right in there and just reading how he was one of the few guys that you could say was having some sort of effectiveness in doing, uh, doing what he had to do out there. Bryn Forbes looked great in the preseason. I think he's a good player. He's played on winning teams. He's contributed to winning teams, so I'm not going to knock him for a, a, a mini slump here. But, boy, they could really use the shooting right now if he could get it going. Yeah, they really could. And, and we watched him in the preseason, and he hit everything he shot. Yep. Like it was, yep. He was really looking good early. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I think that this is – just ebb and flow kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, he has not hit shots. And the Timberwolves in general have been terrible from three-point range in these first four games. They're 29th in the league in three-point shooting uh, accuracy right now, Jim. And the only team worse is the Lakers. And the Lakers, are they 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 cannot shoot. Like, they, they absolutely have awful shooting all over the place. The Timberwolves have good shooters. Carl Anthony Towns, Edwards can hit threes. Russell can hit threes. Prince can hit threes. Noel, even Nas Reed can do it. Uh, Jane McDaniels can do it. And they are just, I mean, they're clanking right now. And so I do think that if they get to a point where they aren't starting to knock down some of those shots, that will help a lot just to kind of breathe some air into the offense and and, and help them that way. Because it, it feels like a team that is sort of holding the steering wheel a little too tight right now. And so that is affecting their ability to just shoot free and easy as well. And so they're they're missing all these shots. But um, they have to start picking it up from an accuracy standpoint because uh, it's been really bad for these first four games. And they've been able to survive against the Thunder because the Thunder have very little NBA talent on their roster. But against any team that has any sort of requisite talent of which – the Jazz and the Spurs do, and they'll play the Spurs again on Wednesday night. 
uh, that that's where they get really exposed right now. What do you think of Apple Valley's Trey Jones? What's his future in the league? Yeah, you know, I think he's he's carving out a role for himself. I I, I think a lot of us are were envisioning exactly the player that he is starting to become. And we talked to Greg Popovich last night about him, and I asked him about about Trey, who is now starting uh, the starting point guard for this team, and. Basically, you know, Pop compared him to Avery Johnson, which is really, really high praise Mm -hmm. in the San Antonio ecosystem because uh, Avery Johnson was not, as Pop said, the most talented player on the floor, but he was a natural leader. He He knew exactly what he was good at and exactly what he was not good at, and he knew how to play within those parameters, incredibly smart and he got people to follow him. And that's what Trey Jones is. And that's what that whole Jones family is, right? I mean, you know, um, he and Tyus both just, when you talk to teammates who play with him, with them, they all just rave about the leadership, about the respect that they have for them. And I think that Trey really um, is growing into his own in that regard. Now, last night he was three for 10, uh, but he had eight points eight assists, seven rebounds, three steals, just one turnover. And for the first three quarters, D'Angelo Russell was scoring more than Trey was, but Trey was beating him up in every other aspect of the game. And he also, like I said earlier in the podcast, the the way that the, the Spurs switch, it ended up being uh, Trey Jones on Carl Anthony Towns with his back to the basket a couple of times. And Trey swiped the ball away, um, forced a miss. He's just a fighter. He's just a great uh, teammate to have in that regard. And so the the Spurs have a good one. What is his future? What is his ceiling? I don't know for sure, but I know that the Wolves would sure love to have a player like that on the roster, um, a little bit bigger than Jordan McLaughlin, a real floor general that way. And so he's going to have a long career in this league for sure. Last big topic of today. Uh, I covered Tom Kelly for a long time, very intensely. Uh, got to know him very well, spent hours and hours talking to him. And Tom had a hard crust. He could blow up uh, a reporter. He could be you know, very salty uh, for any reason at any moment. But when he was good, he was great. Uh, and we saw that a little bit with Zimmer, although Zimmer, you know, just kind of soured toward the end. Greg Popovich is that kind of personality. He can he can be a, a jackass at any given moment, but when he answers a question, he gives you a really good answer because it's it's not BS, it's not PR, it's not cliche. And I, I thought last night he gave us a lot of really good answers, and one of them was, you know, when I asked him about what he saw in the Timberwolves team, and he said, I, I didn't pay attention to them. This is just basketball. We just, you know, we just do what we do. And you try to do it as well as you can. And and, and I just, I appreciate it when uh, people at that height of professional sports will admit that a lot of this stuff is just simple. Yeah. And, and that I can tell you just from being in dozens and dozens of, of, press conferences and pregame interviews and scrums with pop over the years. That's one of his go-to things. Um, He has long been asked about, Hey, what do you see in the Timberwolves? Hey, what do you see in this team or that team? And how do you kind of combat what they're doing? And he has always been of the, the, the opinion and the view of like, it's really less about what they do and more about what we do. 
And this is not rocket science. Everyone does some variation of the same thing in basketball. And maybe, yeah, maybe the Wolves are a little unique with their too big lineup, or maybe, you know, there's, there's this or that you, that you face on a nightly basis. But in general, I think the pop uh, manifesto or the pop ethos has always been worry about ourselves, like play the way that we play and that will be good enough. And that will take care of more than just obsessing over diagramming uh, out of bounds plays that that Tom Thibodeau is going to run in the last two minutes of a game. Like that's not, that's not what the way that they approach it. They have a very strong sense of self and identity that has been forged over decades, literally uh, with Greg Popovich. And so there is a real security in the way that they do things because they've won at such a high level. And so um, it is nice sometimes to see a coach who doesn't try to make this endeavor seem like they have invented fire, you know, like that, that that's, it's just like, that's never been pop's approach. I don't think that's really Chris Finch's approach either. No. Um, and, and so it's, I, I agree with you that it's refreshing sometimes. And sometimes it can feel some people might think he's being pedantic or he's being dismissive of a question, but he really isn't like, that's always been the way that he's done things is like, not really paying a whole lot of attention to what the other team does and just like focus on our own execution, our own effort, our own energy. And especially in the regular season, that's going to take, uh, that's going to take care of so much. And when you get into a playoff series, you can do a lot more scouting and a lot more kind of counteracting whatever they're doing and things like that. But in the regular season, it's just, let's get in, play the way that you want to play and and not make this too difficult and i think that that allows his players also to to play a lot more freely and with a, with a little bit more comfort uh in in what they're doing let's get a final thought from john once again thank you to our producer brandon morton thank you to tsr injury law manscaped allenergysolar.com headflyer brewing thanks to everyone who listens again subscribe to your favorite podcast app it's free it's easy it's the best way to listen uh final thought on anything you like john yeah, I mean, I just do think it's important right now um, to remind everyone that we're four games into the season and it does not look good right now. Let's not sugarcoat that uh, at all. They have a lot to work on, especially it seems like in the internal motivation standpoint of things. But um, this is the way that the NBA works. The The season goes in fits and starts. You're, you're hot for a week or two. You're, you, you can't do anything for a week or two. And I think it is exacerbated because this, this is happening at the very start of the season. And instead of, instead of if they went through a little lull, like in December um, after a good start. And so uh, remember they were four and nine last year. Um, I remember being in Los Angeles when they got absolutely punked by the Clippers on the second night of a back-to-back after beating the Lakers on the Friday night. And it was like, man, this team has nothing and has not changed at all. And I'm seeing a lot of the same old Timberwolves kind of comments on Twitter and stuff. And I just think it's far, far too early to draw any conclusions. Maybe this was won't work at all. Maybe this this is going to be one of those failed experiments, but um, I think it's going to take at least 15 or 20 games before you make any grand conclusions one way or the other. 
And so while it is not fun to watch right now, it is kind of just important to have a little perspective, take a deep breath and just see if they and give them a little bit of time to figure things out. And if when if we get to game 15 or 20 and they're still really struggling in all aspects, that's when, you know, the knives will come out a little bit more. That's when I think the tension will increase. But they've got a lot of time here. They they can they can they can figure this out. They have a lot of talent and I ultimately think they will. But it's it, it does look a little bit rough right now. Yep, no doubt. Good stuff from John. Thanks to everyone who listens to TalkNorth.com. We'll talk to you again next week.